This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Monday, August 1st. Brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Climate funding faces Senate showdown. Democrats push through wildfire bill and GAO finds fault with SNAP revision. Well, August is here, and that usually means a fairly quiet period of time for the nation's capital. But this is going to be a critical week for President Biden's agenda, and it's also shaping up to be significant for Farm Bill programs. The Senate will debate the reconciliation bill that resulted from last week's agreement between Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. The package includes more than $20 billion for Farm Bill conservation programs and conservation technical assistance, and another $20 billion for USDA's energy and forestry programs. Now, the top Republican of the Senate Ag Committee, John Bozeman of Arkansas, says the bill is essentially reopening the Farm Bill, which he thinks is a bad idea. Supporters of the legislation say the funding is critical for helping agriculture address climate change. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says she is confident the House can pass the bill once it gets through the Senate. Now, take note, the Joint Committee on Taxation, they've evaluated the bill's climate-related tax provisions and estimate the new clean fuels tax credit for low-carbon biofuels will cost less per year than the existing biodiesel tax credit that would end when the new credit takes effect in 2025. The clean fuels credit, which would sunset after 2027, would cost less than $3 billion over three years it would be in effect. And by comparison, the biodiesel tax credit is estimated to cost $2.7 billion in fiscal 23 alone. An industry expert notes that the clean fuels credit, which is based on a fuel's carbon score, will start at $0.20 cents a gallon. The biodiesel credit is a flat $1 a gallon. Now, for more on the bill, read our Washington Week Ahead. House passes wildfire drought bill. Just before starting the August recess, Democrats pushed a bill through the House that would authorize measures to address wildfires and drought. Republicans slammed the measure as a political messaging bill. The legislation, which is actually a package of bills, includes new pay and hiring authority for wildland firefighters and also authorizes funding for removal of hazardous fuels and prescribed fires. There also is authority for a variety of water-related projects. Representative Kim Schreier, a Washington Democrat, said the measure would, quote, protect the West by addressing water shortages and protecting our forests and addressing the needs of our firefighters. But Representative Glenn Thompson, the top Republican of the House Ag Committee, complained that the House leaders blocked most amendments. He said the bill lacked regulatory reforms to carry out needed wildfire mitigation. USDA skipped a step in updating the Thrifty Food Plan, according to the GAO. Congressional watchdog, the Government Accountability Office, has issued a report that could complicate the Senate's consideration of Stacey Dean's nomination to become the Department's Undersecretary for Food, Nutrition, and Consumer Services. GAO concluded in a six-page report that USDA 
should have filed a formal report with Congress before adjusting the Thrifty Food Plan, which resulted in a $145 a month increase in Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program benefits. USDA argued the update was exempt from Congressional Review Act reporting, but also GAO found differently. Dean oversaw the TFP action as Deputy Undersecretary for the USDA Mission Area. We'll have more AgriPulse Daybreak after this. Located in Washington, D.C., Watkinson Miller has been providing legal services to the agriculture industry for more than 30 years. The attorneys at Watkinson Miller possess a unique combination of knowledge, skills, and experience working with commodity boards and their partner organizations and the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Watkinson Miller is proud to serve the agriculture community by delivering top-quality legal services that achieve cost-effective results. Welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak. EPA expands list of candidates for biofuel review. The Environmental Protection Agency is adding two new names to the list of candidates for an important review of how the nation's biofuels policies affect the environment. And a Federal Register notice today seeking comments in 15 days. The agency says the candidates were needed, quote, in order to strengthen underrepresented areas of expertise, specifically economics, water quality, and ecology disciplines. One is Douglas Lantis, a Michigan State entomologist whose lab at the Great Lakes Bioenergy Research Center is working to understand how future production of bioenergy crops will affect biodiversity and ecosystem services. The other is Harry DeGorder, co-author of the 2015 book, The Economics of Biofuel Policies, which says biofuel policies ushered in the new era of high and volatile grain and oilseed prices. Now keep in mind, the Renewable Fuels Association is already opposed to six of the now 20 candidates for the nine slots, contending that they demonstrate, quote, an obvious ideological bias against commercial agriculture and renewable fuels like ethanol. Senators to the USTR press India on pecan tariffs. Eight senators, led by Georgia Democrat Raphael Warnock, are pushing U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai to confront India, a companion in the proposed Indo-Pacific economic framework, over its 100% tariff on pecans. Demand for tree nuts continues to grow in India, and high tariffs mean that the pecan industry is not able to participate in this booming market, the senators say in a letter to Tai. Expanding export market opportunities is key to the future of the pecan industry, and we are committed to working with you in support of this goal. India is known for its trade barriers. The situation worsened in 2019 after the U.S. revoked the country's trade privileges under the Generalized System of Preferences program. India, consequently, raised its tariffs. Farm Groups, EWG, spar over report on manure and Lake Erie. Pork producers in Ohio and Indiana are pushing back against an environmental working group report that claims 90% of animal feeding operations in the western Lake Erie Basin are unpermitted. The analysis said those, quote, under-the-radar operations account for most of the phosphorus manure in the basin. 
the Ohio Pork Council, Ohio Farm Bureau, Indiana Pork, disputing the characterization of smaller AFOs as unregulated, with OPC Executive Vice President Cheryl Day saying all livestock farms, regardless of size, must comply with the Ohio Agricultural Pollution Abatement Program, the APAP. Environmental Working Group, however, maintained that if Ohio's smaller animal operations were actually regulated, as the Ohio Farm Bureau and Ohio Port Council claim, someone in an Ohio regulatory agency would be able to provide the public with at least some of the information. Never mind all of it. But shockingly, they can't. We know because we've asked during many meetings with agency staff across the last two years. You can see our updated story at the AgriPulse website. Well, here's today's He Said It. You can't turn back time and become Old McDonald's Farm and still feed 10 billion people with 1% of the workforce who's interested in being full-time farmers. It just won't work. That's Adam Putnam, CEO of Ducks Unlimited, speaking on AgriPulse Open Mic podcast this week. Well, that's Daybreak for this Monday, August 1st, brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.